You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. You know, they said, uh, thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. It's not just that he saved our eternal soul. Think about the life that you get to enjoy as a believer. All that God does. Um, amazing. I'm so thankful. Uh, you know, our salvation, Brother Howes preached a message, or he wrote a book, Salvation is More Than Being Saved. And it's not just getting that, uh, our eternal destiny changed. And I'm thankful that I'm not going to spend eternity in hell, but I'm, that, there is still a life to live. And he has, he has not only saved us from eternal uh, damnation, he has saved our life. He has, he has given us and he'll put a life together. Uh, the blessings that come from being a child of God and following the Lord are amazing. And so, all right, this, this evening here, John chapter 10, let's read that again. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to, to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is in hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep or not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is in a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And as the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. The word good there is the word kalos. And it means to be intrinsically good. He is the good shepherd. Uh, that means that his very essence is good. Everything about him is good. Uh, and he is the good shepherd. Uh, he is, uh, it is the word whole, holy, not holy, H-O-L-Y, uh, but whole, as in complete. Uh, he is the good shepherd. He is the complete shepherd. Uh, he is the healthy shepherd. It, it references virtue. Of, of who he is. And so here, uh, the Lord said he is the good shepherd, and the shepherd we know, of course, is the keeper of the sheep. Now, when we, we look at uh, this passage of Scripture, we recognize that it was, it was tied to an event that happened in chapter number 9. Uh, when we read our Bible, we read it by chapters, don't we? Uh, Brother David and I were just talking about this yesterday. Sometimes we'll read a passage and uh, we'll read verse a verse and then we'll read the next verse. But because there's a verse change, there's almost a thought change or a stop and begin, stop and begin. Well, the Bible wasn't written that way. The uh, references were added later to just give us the ability to, uh, to uh, find different passages. It was just a reference mark. Uh, but it was written in a letter or in a book, if you would. And so John uh, was one uh, book, and so it was one uh, continuous uh, book without chapters, and it was just a continuation. So chapter 9 leads right in to chapter number 10. 
And so, uh, but here in chapter 10, uh, I want to look at several things uh, tonight, and we'll, we'll break it out here in just a minute. But uh, in the scripture, we find several types or several different uh, titles about the Lord being our shepherd. And in John chapter number 10, we find that he is, number one, the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And there are, there are three different titles about him being our shepherd. And we're just going to stop and look at those tonight. Uh, because we just need to keep our eyes on him. He is our shepherd. He is the one that leads. The shepherd's job was to lead. It was to protect. It was to feed. And we as sheep are to be following him. So I want you to uh, look with me tonight. We're going to look at uh, the message title is Our Shepherd. Our Shepherd. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless now this time and uh, meet with us, please. Help us to have our focus on you. Uh, Lord, you have been so good to us. And Lord, there are different uh, events and problems that everybody faces. Uh, Lord, we are let down by individuals. Uh, we are hurt. Yet, Lord, you never hurt us. Uh, Lord, you never let us down. Uh, and I thank you for uh, being such a wonderful shepherd. And I pray you'd help all of us tonight to just love you a little bit more. May our focus be on you tonight. For Christ's sake, amen. So we see, first of all, he is given the title as the Good Shepherd, uh, the Good Shepherd. And uh, now when we look at that in the culture, we have to uh, recognize the culture that uh, was there. In Jewish culture, anyone in any phase of leadership was considered a shepherd. When we think about King David, uh, he was referred to as a shepherd. Though he was a shepherd as a child, he was also as king referred to as a shepherd. Uh, when, we, when we think about the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the day in the New Testament, uh, they were uh, referred to as shepherds. The culture would look at anybody in leadership and they would consider them a shepherd. So uh, leaders in Jewish Jewish culture, whether a, a king, a judge, or a religious leader, they were all considered uh, a shepherd. Why? Because their job should be to care for those that were uh, following them. And so the shepherd would care for the needs of the sheep. And so those that were following uh, would need to be protected and fed. And, and the shepherd's job was to look uh, out for them. And so that was uh, the culture of the day. Uh, there was a party of tourists that had traveled to, uh, to uh, Palestine, and the guide was, was telling them how, uh, how the shepherds would lead the sheep and how you could have multiple shepherds and multiple flocks, and one shepherd would call uh, their, their flock, and the sheep would, would listen to that, that shepherd's voice, and they would, they would come out and they would follow, and uh, but the, the guide had told him, a shepherd always leads. He's always out front, and the sheep would just follow the direction of the shepherd. Well, as they're going down, the tour bus is going through town, they had a, uh, there was a man that was driving the sheep. And the, the tour guide 
was they were stopping. And so he, he jumps off and he's like, what are you doing? He says, I was told that shepherds always lead the sheep and, and they are uh, here you are driving uh, the sheep and you're not leading them. He said, yes, you are correct. A shepherd leads the sheep. He said, but I'm not a shepherd. I'm a butcher. <laughs> he was driving them. He was driving them to slaughter. Uh, and so there was a difference. But the Lord, uh, he is out front. And he is a good shepherd. We can trust him. We can trust him. We might not know where he's taking us, but we can trust him. We might not uh, understand the terrain. We might not understand why he travels and leads us down paths that uh, we are on. Uh, but there is a good shepherd. And let me tell you, as a child of God, uh, we have a good shepherd. Uh, he, he not only is good intrinsically, he is good to us. He is good to us, and, and he leads us, he guides us. Uh, but we see here, the culture was that the, uh, the, uh, the people would look to anybody in leadership, and they were considered a shepherd. Now, when Jesus is looking at this passage, and he is, he is communicating this truth, and he uses himself as the good shepherd, he is contrasting himself with those that were hirelings, those that were not shepherds. Now, uh, who was he referring to? He was referring to the Pharisees. If you go back earlier in chapter 9, we find that there was a man who was born blind. And this man that was born blind uh, is, is uh, an adult man now, but he was born blind. And the disciples and the Lord, they're walking by, and it's just amazing uh, the disciples, uh, they look at this man born blind and, and they say, Lord, who hath sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, if he was born blind, he couldn't have sinned before he was born blind. Uh, you know, so it's just sort of comical uh, on how people think. And you know what? Sometimes our view of things is not quite as clear either. And here uh, the Lord said, neither hath this man sinned or his parents, but he was born blind for the glory of God. And, and here the Lord had a plan. There was, there was a perfect plan for this man's life. And sometimes God allows uh, health issues into our life. Sometimes God allows uh, what we would look at as a, uh, a very uh, terrible tragedy in life. Uh, yet God, God doesn't make any mistakes. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd, and, and here, as he, is, as he is contrasting, he is referring to these Pharisees. These Pharisees were considered shepherds, yet they were not caring for this blind man. They were not caring that this man was healed. They were upset that he was healed on the Sabbath day, and because he glorified God, they cast him out of the, uh, of the uh, synagogue. He was excommunicated out of the synagogue uh, because he was following the Lord. He was trusting the Lord. He was becoming a disciple of the Lord. And so the Lord here, when he was saying, I am the good shepherd, and then he was referring to the hirelings, he was talking about these individuals uh, the, that were not true uh, shepherds, and he was, uh, he was just showing that he was the good shepherd. So the contrast that was there uh, in John chapter 9, uh, go there with me if you would. Now look at verse number 6. John chapter 9 and verse number 6. 
We'll read down to verse number 12. The Bible says, When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now, I don't know about you, this story here uh, about spitting uh, in the dirt uh, and making clay, I don't want somebody spit on me. It's like, couldn't he have done it another way? This was definitely not in a time of COVID, that's for sure. And so uh, here he, he spits on the ground. You know what? The Lord can take the simplest of things and do the greatest miracle. He can, he can do whatever he wants. Just an amazing thing. Verse 7, he said unto him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now, if you do a, uh, you look at a map and you see where the pool was that he was at uh, and the place that he was at in the pool of Siloam, uh, this man had to travel quite a way through the city to get to the pool of Siloam to go and wash. You know what? The miracles that the Lord does, I wonder how many miracles are never completely fulfilled because of our disobedience. We hear of this man whose, whose eyes were healed. The Lord could have healed him instantly, but he chose not to. He, he puts this, uh, this uh, uh, clay on his eyes, and then he tells him to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And he, he obeyed, and he ended up getting the, uh, the, uh, uh, the healing. You think about uh, Naaman, uh, the leper. And here, uh, he was told uh, by the prophet to go and to wash. Uh, and he was, he was saying, he said, I'm not going to go and dip myself in this water, the Jordan, the, this dirty water. Uh, I could go to a clean river and wash. I, could, I wouldn't have to do something so silly. Uh, and, and later, uh, he is convinced by the, uh, the, the little girl uh, to go ahead and to, to follow what the, the prophet had told him to do. And because of his obedience, he got to see the blessing. And you know, just following the Lord's leading in our life brings blessings. He is the good shepherd. Uh, verse number 8, The neighbors therefore, and they which had seen him that was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? And he answered us and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I, and I received my sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. Skip down to verse 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. Skip down to verse 34. And they answered, uh, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. So we find here that the good shepherd was leading, yet what we find, we find that uh, he was uh, this man that was following the Lord. He was misunderstood and he was rejected. He was cast out. Uh, so Jesus here, the contrast uh, between Jesus and the Pharisees, and, and, uh, and the Lord was the good shepherd. Uh, Jesus 
as the good shepherd cares for his sheep. Jesus cares for his sheep. The songwriter wrote, does Jesus care when your heart is pain too, too deeply for mirth or song? Uh, we know uh, that he cares. Uh, he cares. So Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh, he is loving. He is caring. He is forgiving. He is protecting. He is providing. And now the good shepherd was not understood, uh, especially to the religious crowd. How could you not see good in Jesus? Yet, spiritual blindness caused them not to see. And we need to make sure that we are uh, looking at the Lord. He is, uh, Jesus was misunderstood and he was maligned, uh, yet he was the good shepherd. So he is called the good shepherd. Secondly, we find uh, in the scripture, uh, he is called the great shepherd. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. So three different titles concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd. And in Hebrews chapter 13, look with me at verse number 20. Hebrews 13, 20. The Bible says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So here uh, we see the God of peace. Now, when we're, we're going to break this down a little bit uh, to sort of uh, see how it, it plays out. The God of peace... Uh, it says that brought again uh, from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. So the God of peace is referring to God the Father. So we have God the Father who brought again our Lord Jesus Christ. And then our Lord Jesus Christ is called that great shepherd of the sheep. And through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And how could he be the shepherd of sheep? The only way we could be part of his fold is through the blood. It is through his blood, the, the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that great shepherd, uh, he is the one that has allowed us to be a part of that fold. Uh, and so uh, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And you know what? That everlasting covenant is still in play today. It's still in play. Uh, and without the shed blood of Christ, there is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, he said, there is no remission. And, and it was because of what Christ did on the cross. His, his willingness to become that sacrifice. The willingness in Hebrews as we look, he was not only uh, the God of our peace, uh, uh, that uh, because of that everlasting covenant, he has brought peace between us and God. Uh, he did so not only as the, uh, the sacrifice, he also did so, as we see in Hebrews, as our high priest. And he is the one that has brought peace between us and God. So the God of peace, the God of the resurrection, the God of the everlasting covenant uh, is God the Father. And God the Father then is working, uh, the Bible tells us, through God the Son in the life of his sheep. 
in the life of the believer. So when we look at the good shepherd, we see the good shepherd was the one who died for the sheep. When we look at the uh, when we look at the the great shepherd, this is referring to the resurrected Christ, the resurrected shepherd. So now we have the good shepherd who died for the sheep. We have the great shepherd who lives for the sheep. He's not dead. He's alive. And he is not just living, he is working. He's working. And he wants to work in each and every one of our lives. He wants to work in our lives. Uh, the resurrected Savior, the redeeming Savior, uh, the restoring Savior. Uh, he, is, he is restoring us. He is perfecting us. He is performing a job in us. Uh, he is trying to accomplish his will in our lives. Look again there at verse number 21. He said, um, he said, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord God is working in our lives through Christ to accomplish something that brings pleasure to him. He's living to do something in our life. You know, it's one thing to be the good shepherd that died for us, but he didn't stay dead. He was that sacrifice, and it wasn't just about us having our eternal destiny changed. If that was the case, then when the Lord, when a person would come to a saving knowledge of Christ, he would just take him on to heaven. But he didn't do so. Why? He is working in us. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I don't have it in my, my notes there, but Ephesians chapter 2. And let's look at a couple of verses uh, that uh, uh, will help us here. Ephesians chapter 2. And look with me at verse number 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his, what? Workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, what? Good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, God is working in us. We are his workmanship. We are his craftsmanship. Uh, when you have somebody that builds something, uh, what, what happens? They build it and they want to show it off. Somebody that paints something uh, and they paint it and, and, and they, they want others to see what they have done. God looks at us and he says, you are my workmen. You are my workmanship. Ship. You are what I am doing to accomplish something that is going to bring pleasure to him. He is trying to do something in our lives. So uh, he is working in our lives uh, unto good works. Uh, what is according to his will. He's living to get us to follow his will. He's not living just to wait for us. He is living and he is working to perform and to bring about his will 
in our in his life uh, in our lives Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22 the Bible says by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death but this man because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us so the good shepherd he died for us the great shepherd he lives for us thirdly we see the chief shepherd the chief shepherd uh, go to first peter chapter 5 first peter chapter 5 1 Peter chapter 5. And all of these titles, the title of shepherd, still referring to the, the, the care for the flock, the care for the sheep. So here, the chief shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear... Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And of course, there is instruction here for uh, those that are uh, the shepherds, uh, pastors, shepherds now. Uh, but but the, real, the realization is that the chief shepherd, he's going to appear. He's going to appear. He's coming back. Uh, he will appear. And when he, when he appears, he will be apprised of the, the condition of his flock. Uh, he, will, he will know. Proverbs 15, 3, the Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And so he will appear uh, and he will apprise, but he will also take account. He will take account. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 10, he said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to, to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Uh, someone once put on a church sign, the Lord's coming back, and boy is he mad. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I do know the Lord's coming back. And it's when the chief shepherd shall appear. It's not if the chief shepherd shall appear. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, we know that uh, there is going to be an accounting uh, when he comes. Uh, and he is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. Uh, he is the chief shepherd. He is always loving. He is always caring. He is always understanding. He is always forgiving. He is always protecting. He is always providing. For our todays, for our tomorrows, and even for our eternity. You know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We are going to take our last breath here and our next breath in eternity. Eternity. And for the child of God, that's eternal 
joy. That's in a place of eternal blessing. American traveler had had gone to Syria and and he saw three native shepherds that were there. And as he was looking at the shepherds and watching and observing, uh, one shepherd would come and uh, get ready to go. And and I guess the the term for follow me is mana mana. And the shepherd would yell out, Mana, uh, Mana. And the sheep would hear the voice of that shepherd and they would, they would just start following him as he walked away. And the other shepherd would get up and, and he would do the exact same thing, Mana, Mana. And his sheep would follow him. And this man was, was watching and observing. And he, and he said, well, could, could, I, could I try? And the third shepherd said, go ahead. And, and he he uh, started yelling, Mana, Mana. And they said that the sheep didn't move at all. They didn't, they didn't follow him. And this uh, tourist, as he was, uh, was talking with that shepherd, he asked the shepherd, will, will the sheep not follow anybody else's voice but the shepherd? He said, oh no. He said, the sheep will follow another voice when they're sick. He said, when a sheep is sick, they will follow anyone. You know, that, that is enlightening. That sheep, when they are sick, they lose their direction. Spiritually speaking, we become spiritually sick, we lose our direction. And here the Lord, He is coming back. And since He is coming back, we want to make sure that we're listening for His voice. So so here, uh, John 10, 27, He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, the Lord said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He... Uh, leadeth uh, me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, uh, here, what do we find? We find that the Lord is our shepherd, and he is a good shepherd. He is a, the chief shepherd, a good shepherd, a great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And you and I, we need to make sure that we are following him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, that means that want there is to be lacking. Uh, it means that uh, I shall not want, I shall not be inadequate in, in any amount or degree. Uh, I should not be lacking in anything. What is he saying? He's saying the Lord is enough. The Lord is enough. You know, is the Lord enough for us? Or do we need all the trap trappings to go with it? The Lord should be enough. You know, when we look at church has become a retail scenario where it's almost a real retail transaction. Well, I come in and I expect to get, I expect to get. There's this... Almost in Christianity today, it's popular that when I come to church, I should be getting. 
But you know what? When you look around the world at churches, many churches around the world, especially churches that are in a place of persecution, you know what they have? They have a Bible, and they have a song, and they have joy. They don't have a children's ministry. They don't have a bus ministry. They don't have a, uh, they don't have a uh, teen ministry. Uh, they don't have ladies' Bible studies and men's Bible studies. Uh, they, they don't have all of those extra things. They don't have the choirs and the orchestras. And, and they may not have that, but you know what they have? They have the Lord. You know what? When we come to church, we should be coming just to meet with the Lord. And I'm thankful for the music, and I'm thankful for the specials, and I'm thankful for all the wonderful things and the programs we have. And those are ways to communicate truth and the ways to build relationships. But the reality is, the Lord should be the one that, He should be the only one that matters. If somebody shakes my hand when I walk in the doors, great. If somebody doesn't, great. It's okay. And here, just having our focus on him, uh, he, said, he said that the Lord is my shepherd, uh, I shall not want. And verse number two, it said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. What is that? He is forcing me to be in a place that I don't want to be when I'm not following him. He maketh me to lie down. Uh, they say that a shepherd will take a wandering sheep and will take his leg and bring it across his knee and break the leg of the lamb that is wandering. Because he knows if he does not keep that lamb close, it will be destroyed. You know, he maketh us. But then right after he said, he leadeth. In verse number three, he says, he restoreth my soul. And then he leadeth me. Oh, what do we find? Uh, we find he, he makes, then he leads, and then he restores, and he leads. Uh, what is he referring to? Uh, the, the Lord, uh, he is the good shepherd, and he is, to, he is leading, and the responsibility is for us to make sure that we are following him. We're following. And so we see the, uh, the, uh, the Lord as the good shepherd uh, who died for the sheep. Uh, we see the great shepherd who lives for the sheep. And then we see the chief shepherd who is coming again for his sheep. He's coming again. And since he is coming again, let's just keep our eyes on him. Let's make sure that we are uh, close to him. Let's make sure that we're following him. Let's make sure that we're listening to his voice. Uh, we, are, we are sensitive to his leading in our lives, uh, not getting led astray, not, not allowing the things of the world uh, to distract us, just keeping our eyes on him. When we stop hearing his voice, it's telling us we're sick. When we're not sensing his leading in our life, it's telling us that there's something wrong in our spiritual walk. You know, it's not if God leads, it's if we follow. I know my sheep and they follow me. It's not a, I hope they follow me. There's the expectation. 
And the Lord's expectation is because he is the good shepherd, because he is the chief shepherd, because he is a great shepherd, that we would follow him. So let's do so. Let's follow him. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for being a good shepherd. And I pray that you would just uh, help us, Lord, to hear your voice. Help us to sense uh, your leading. Help us to know, uh, Lord, your word, to be able to follow what you would want us to do and how you would want us to live and act and behave. And so, uh, Lord, one day that when you return, you find us being faithful. And so I pray that you'd bless, meet the needs of each heart. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.